You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 619. People matter. I have with my tag on my social media, spending time with people has never wasted time, period. And because of that, I have an opportunity to get to know people with a lot of the deals that I've done in Oklahoma. It's a phone call. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am so excited today because today I have my favorite JV partner. His name is Roger Godwin, and he's with us to talk about how having a JV partner in your back pocket is your secret weapon to shortening your learning curve when you are brand new at wholesaling. So, Roger, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Lauren? And what's up, people? Nice to be here. I'm excited to have you. The reason I am excited is more for my coaching students because a module in my course is all about working with JV partners, joint venture partners. I believe that if you, as a new investor, either brand new to wholesaling, brand new to investing, or brand new to a territory, you need a JV partner. And there, I always use you as an example because you were my Here JV. Here I am, people. And this is people. him. This is, everybody <laughs> thinks Roger is like this maybe mythical creature I made up. No, Roger does exist. He's right here. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? What's going on? So, Roger, tell me about you. When did you get started in real estate? So, I got started in real estate probably, so my dad was still alive. So, about 11 years ago is whenever I first got into it. I was actually being trained and taught how to do real estate, and I didn't know it by a gentleman that took me on whenever I was 18 years old. And we did properties. He bought them. We fixed them. He showed me how he did the rentals, how he did all that stuff. He did everything cash. So five years ago, whenever I really got into real estate here in Oklahoma, I realized that you can leverage. That was amazing because I bought my first property cash. So that was really cool to realize I didn't have to put it all up. So five years ago, I got into a much heavier being in construction. I was able to actually double dip for lack of a better term. So I have a construction or had a construction company. So I was able to figure out what it really costs to fix the houses. And I'm like, oh, and I got a house to sell you. So that's how I really actually got into it in this market is I became the contractor that would actually follow through and be able to be the fixer for the house that I sold them in other houses. Ah, so you were working under the capacity of you were a wholesaler, but you also would get the construction business if like a house flipper or a landlord buyer bought the home. Yep. Very cool. And, yeah. And you <laughs> ended up being pretty well known. So the way I found you, and I'll never forget, was someone suggested I needed a JV partner. What happened was I came to Oklahoma you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I didn't really know what to expect. 
And I worked the Oklahoma market trying to wholesale deals for about six months. And I was not having a lot of success. I think I did about two deals. I was super frustrated. I was looking around and I was seeing a bunch of people doing deals. But for some reason, I could not figure out the market at all. And a friend of mine had said, why don't you get a JV partner out there? There must be something to the market that you don't understand. And you need someone who really gets that market. There must be a nuance. There must be something that you're not getting. He couldn't have been more right. I was coming from a flipper mentality. I worked high-end markets like California. So I was using flipper numbers for these. I was not familiar with landlord markets and how to price a property for a landlord buyer. So I was screwing up offer pricing. And I, I really didn't know what I was doing. So I posted on the local Oklahoma Real Estate Investment Association's Facebook page. And I said, I'm, I've got some contracts I'm working on. I need somebody to help me move them. Do you know anybody who's got a great buyer's list and would be interested in working with me? I got a bunch of replies. Some people, I do it, I do it. But a couple people, I would say like three people tagged you. They said, you should call Roger. He knows everyone. He's the guy. So I had recommendations. You were, rec- you were recommended <laughs> by a few people. So I scheduled a time to talk to you. And I remember, I think it was like a Sunday. We both were with our kids. You were so down to earth. You had this collaborative mindset. We just got each other. I knew you'd be great to work with. And I was honest with you. I said, listen, you know, we're trying to build our own presence here. We're not going to be like married to each other, but this would probably be good for four or five people. And you were cool with it. And what happened from then on? So from then on, I know that you got high that's working with you and all that. And I was able to be on the ground and having that understanding and having the connections that I have here in Oklahoma. I mean, everybody knows me. It's a thing. You know, that's one of my goals in life. My mentor, the guy that taught me how to do real estate and construction, that man is the man I want to be when I'm older. And he can't walk anywhere. He can't go to a store. He can't go eat at a restaurant without somebody knowing who he is or saying, hey, Phil. You know, So I just really, really admired that. And I worked with him for almost 10 years. And people matter. I have with my tag on my social media, spending time with people is never wasted time period. And because of that, I have an opportunity to get to know people with a lot of the deals that I've done in Oklahoma. It's a phone call. I even had one just yesterday. Somebody called me to go look at a deal that she had. That was not a deal. The floors are falling in because of termites, but there was a house two doors down that's for sale by owner. And the guy wants 72. It's all fixed up, ready to go. I'm going to move it to another investor for uh, 81, ready to go. And I made phone call and it's gone. Oh, I remember, I think it was our first deal or second deal. And we both surprised ourselves. This house, I think we got it under contract. And I'm, I'm funny about remembering these prices as many yeah. as we've done. <laughs> I think we got it under contract for like 18,000 or $15,000. It was this piece of crap house. Yeah. And it could rent for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it needed a ton of work. It was a gross looking home. And at first, like me and I, being not from the area, we were like, what type of person would buy this home? It is a piece. And it was tiny. It was like a, like 
I remember thinking, I think it was like 600 square feet. It was the tiniest little thing. And we took it to you. Now you found a unique interest in this neighborhood with a certain community of people. And they had a very unique interest and they were willing to pay practically market price for this home. Mm -hmm. All cash. Mm-hmm. And we made, I think, like an eighteen thousand dollar wholesale fee on that thing together. Yeah, it was, you, fun. It was pretty fun, and it was pretty <laughs> easy too. It wasn't even that yeah. hard, and it was because you knew people. Like you are the ultimate disposition wholesaler. I like to call myself the ultimate connector. You are. You are. <laughs> and, and it was for you. I remember it was because you had a relationship with someone else who had the buyers of this community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's knowing those people and, you know, whenever you're virtual, cause you're a virtual monster, you know, I mean, that's what you do and high and the way you guys have everything done, the way you teach your students, it's fantastic. And having somebody like me on the ground and you guys have hired people to be on the ground here for you now, but those people need to be able to network and talk with people. And I've been training some people that keep coming to me. It's like, how do you do this? Like go meet people. That's it. Go meet people. And if you're trying to get deals, go to places where there's nobody else like you. Every other networking event in Oklahoma City, in Tulsa, whatever it is, there's no other real estate investor there. There's also no other contractor in them either. That's how I figured that one out. You can't go to real estate meetings and expect to get deals. You might be able to JV with somebody, but if you're trying to build your own thing and trying to get your own deals, that's the best way. I did 33 deals last year and I talked to about 120 people, give or take. That's crazy. Do you do any acquisitions or legion? It's, nope. it's all, dis- it's, so people hand you contracts. All word of mouth. Absolutely. And you, you are proof that if that's all people want to do, I mean, you can make a business that way, the way Absolutely. you have. I wish personally for my virtual students that I had a Roger in every territory. If you are listening to this and you feel like you identify with Roger and you've got that buyer base and you are the connector, I want you guys to personally reach Mm. out to me and let me know your market because I have students that are looking for the Roger in every territory. I like that, the Roger. I say that all the time. (laughs) I literally say, find your Roger. That's it, baby. Yeah. So good. I'm so excited about this, Lauren. <laughs> it's the pistachio buyer plus the Roger thing. That's people are like, who's Roger? <laughs> so in that deal example, if we tried to move that deal ourselves, I think we would have gotten maybe 7,000 bucks. We didn't really know what we were doing. You opened up a buyer base of pistachio buyers that had yeah. a unique interest. And that's how we got $18,000. So My students, everyone's first inclination is to try to move a deal on their own and find their own buyers and make their own buyers list. And they're all brand new. So they're like, they're scrambling, trying to find a buyer, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk to five buyers and they get like maybe two offers out of the five. And it's, yeah, $7,000 wholesale fee and a $3,000 wholesale fee. Or you can make that call to Roger, who has an established buyer base, and he's the connector. He knows, you know, you were able to identify the best opportunity in that deal. Mm-hmm. And we made 18. Yep, absolutely. Well, and I tell you what, too, we had uh, this year, or, you know, 2020 was fantastic for me. 
I don't know what it was for a lot of people. I'm sorry. A lot of people didn't have a good year last year, but it was literally the best financial year and time with my family that I've ever had. And we're very specific. And we talked to people with the tax auction here in Oklahoma, and we targeted a couple of people to reach out to and to speak with. One of my deals is going to close. Finally, we had to do a double probate on it. We'll clear a $63,000 wholesale fee. Dang. Did you work just disposition on that site or were you at like acquisition as well? So let me tell you a little bit about this. So yeah, break uh, the deal down micro. Like my listeners want to hear it. They want to hear what is the $63,000 deal? How's it look? Okay. So first of all, I have this wonderful girl that works with me. Her name is Christine Garlitz and she's here in Oklahoma city. And she's a fan of yours, by the way. She's like, Oh my gosh, it's the the, the, the lady. It's like, it's Lauren. Like we are buddies. We say, what's up? You know? No, that's just Lauren. (laughs) You're a big deal. Apparently. So it's like, you're my friend. So anyways, I have Christine as my partner and she's like me. She's a female me. She loves to reach out to people, love on people and all that stuff. And she wanted to do things to actually do acquisitions. So she put letters on doors, handwritten letters, handwritten on the envelope, just reaching out to people that had a certain need. And with that certain need, I think three months after the auction was over, so it was for the tax auction, three months after that was done, they found our letter in a box. And they called us. They called her. Okay. So they called her and we went to go meet with a guy. This was his childhood home. Brothers living in California somewhere. His wife passed away. And so he's actually engaged to his childhood sweetheart that lived down the street from him in this house. Oh. Growing up. So there's a lot of them. So with that, listening to the emotional attachment, I spent probably me personally. I spent about two and a half hours with him the first time I met him, just talking and listening. And he's a cancer survivor and just told all this story. And he wasn't really sure if he wanted to sell it, really. Had the brother in California and all that. So talked to him again. We were going to do a deal to where we were going to help him finance it. So we were going to buy it. We were going to finance the rehab on it. And then we were going to sell it back to him. Oh. So that's what we were going to do. So because the, they didn't have the money to do it, they didn't have, you know, because they don't understand the financing and how that stuff works. Plus they don't have a crew. So we agreed, hey, we'll buy it for this much. We'll fix it up and we'll sell it back to you for this much. And his brother ended up passing away in this time period that we've been talking. And he's finally like, you know what? I want to start my entire life over. Me and my fiance want to go do this. So we just want to sell it to you. So we decided that we we're going to go ahead and buy it. And we took it under contract for 90 and we're selling it for 153. And who's the end buyer that you're selling it to? Is it a landlord or is it a flipper or is it's it just a, a retail flipper? A flipper. Okay. Yeah. And it's a friend of ours and it's somebody that met his criteria because okay. we know, so this is a vintage 1950s, like later 1950s, gorgeous house, well taken care of. Like if you go into that 70s show and like think about what that kind of looks like, like the retro, the the tile and all that stuff, like it's fantastic. So we know because of talking with him, I knew what his style was. I knew where his numbers were because of having conversation with him. So he's the first call we make. And it's the only call I have to make. That's awesome. That's awesome. You do really know like all of your end buyers very well. So you don't have to mess around with too many people. 
And yeah. that's what I loved about it. I really appreciated when I did deals with you is we didn't really have to deal with having too many eyes on our property. It was just smooth and seamless because you worked with people that performed. Yes. So there, you know, there was always this kind of confidence that you would make the deal happen. There are a lot of JVs out there that I can warn you about that are the daisy chainers of the world, we call them. They will say they have a buyer, but they really don't. Mm-hmm. They'll tie, they'll even tie it up. They'll say, oh, I have a buyer. Let's put it under this LLC. They'll sign an assignment agreement and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they won't perform. And it's the craziest so I, thing. No, it is. So I have a really good answer for that. So, and I need to send you this document that I have. It's called a settlement statement. Mm-hmm. So we had a situation to where an attorney at Tulsa had a deal tied up in Oklahoma city and it was just, didn't trust the people because we know kind of how they do business. So I had to call my attorneys like, Hey, we have this under contract because this guy put earnest money and had it under contract, had a cloud on it from over a year ago. And because my partner's honest and he reached out to us like, Hey, we got this deal. What do you want to do? Well, we couldn't get him to do anything. And they're like, well, here, sign our JV agreement. And then, you know, we get this, but his JV agreement stated that at any time he could cancel it or we could cancel it without the approval of the other. So like, "Mm, so you're talking about like the day before you can cancel me? No, I'm not doing that. So I had my attorney write up a settlement statement to where it stayed underneath ours. They had the agreement. Everything goes to the title company. And then you're also not tied to them. If anybody's ever audited, a JV agreement is not a good thing to have because you're held accountable for taxes. So with a settlement statement, because that joint venture is a deal, like that's a certified like company according to the IRS. But with a settlement statement, that's how you do the agreement mm. in between their company and your company. Yeah. Well, a lot of people ask me, do you have a JV agreement? No, I don't. We would just put it on every assignment agreement. We basically did that. We would settle it on the assignment. We never had a JV agreement. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that it can go a little wonky if you get the wrong JV. So that's why I want to talk a little bit, you know, about getting the right JV. So obviously like Roger's the right JV. I mean, you can hear from just speaking to Roger. I mean, can you hear how sincere he is? Obviously you hear it. Like you're talking about, you just talked about some acquisition stuff. I always tell my team, you need to be empathetic. You are so empathetic. I always tell my team, I want to know what the seller's cat's name is. Like I want to see on my CRM that you took the time to know that seller, their situation. You need to know and be friends with that seller because it is a people first business. Yes. And, and we do need to make sure that we're problem solvers and that we're thinking of other people. We're really trying to help people. So, I mean, that's an amazing story of how you help that guy. I hope that our listeners can be inspired by that. So I think when you speak with the JV, you know, you hear it in Roger's voice, how sincere Roger is, you know, and then there are times where you speak to JVs and it, it's a little questionable and you're really not so sure. It really is a bit of a gut feel. I mean, when you talk to, you're a connector, you talk to a lot of people, right? There's a gut feel about people. So with that, whenever it comes to other people that I'm willing to do work with and willing to partner with, there's certain people here in Oklahoma City, it does not matter how good the deal is, I will not do a deal with them, period, because Mm -hmm. of how they are. Reputation, reputation, small, you know, even though Oklahoma City is a million plus population in the metro, it gets around if you... It is a small big town. Yep. <laughs> it is. So with that, 
yes, it's a gut feeling, but I love to ask questions. So anybody that I do deals with, the only reason why I go to real estate meetings or make sure to have lunch with people is because I want to know if they're a wholesaler, I'm going to go and meet and talk with them and find out what is their why. I need to know, are you about money? Are you about people? Are you about goals? Are you about learning? Right? So if you are only about money, like I'm going to buy all this stuff with all this money I'm making, I'm out. How are you serving people? I don't. I just kind of do my own thing. You're out. Right. So there's certain criteria that I have for myself for me to work with anybody. And I was going to share something with you, and this may be kind of for like the last part of it, but I have three questions that I ask in a specific order to every seller. What is the future going to be for you after you've chosen to sell this house? What is the dream? Are you going to go on vacation? Are you going to buy a new home? Are you going to move? What is it? Second question is, why did you call me? What got you to the point of needing for me to be here? What has happened that I'm even in your home right now? And then the third one is, what can I do from right now until we close? Because that gives excitement for the future, that gives pain for the past, and that gives relief for right now. I love that. And you get every single question that you need from those three questions. Every answer that you need. Oh, absolutely. In your first call, if that's all you ask, you just hang up. You don't need to know the age of the AC. You don't need to know. I mean, it's amazing, you know, what people junk up the first call with, right? Yes. You know, they just junk up with, okay, so tell me a little bit about the condition. And like, you know, and it's like, no, ask these questions, figure out, you know, what's really bothering them, like what's keeping them up at night and how you can solve their problem. Yes, absolutely. Because really, that's what you're there for. Like us as investors, we are in the business of finding deeply discounted deals, right? That's how we make money, you know? But we need to earn that. We need to solve a problem for that. We have a duty, you know, to that seller to solve a problem to earn that. Yeah. Let me share one more acquisition story. So this is another deal that I did with Christine. And I shared it at my event that I did last month. So really nice area. Again, another tax lien situation. The lady almost lost her grandmother's house and her mother's house because she couldn't come up with $200 to take off the tax auction. And she was going to have to miss her car payment and just all kinds of stuff. So we went to her, talked to her. She was working at Walmart. We met her at Panera for coffee and found out what the story was. That's what the situation was. She could not come up with. She was so embarrassed that she couldn't ask anybody for any more money because she's been asking just to survive all these years. So we found out what the problem was and we were going to buy the house and then we were going to sell or finance it back to her. Hey, 600 bucks a month for 10 years, the house can be yours again for X amount that we're going to invest. We're going to fix it up. Nothing. In between the time that we were supposed to close, her husband, which we didn't know was her husband, because we had to do the probate because we were going to go ahead and do that deal. So we did the probate. Her husband beat her, went to jail. Wow. Yeah. Crazy situation. One of her main things that she wanted was to fix her teeth. And she told us that she was in a car accident. Turns out it was a car accident. There's just this crazy story behind it. But anyways, during that time, husband went to jail, found out husband was getting out of jail. So we needed to hide her. And so I put up $10,000 for about three months to be able to house her, bought her a car, 
like all these things to make sure that she and her two kids could be okay. Oh, wow. And then I got paid that money back plus interest at closing. But on that deal, we made around, I think we made around $40,000 on that one, I think. Wow. But the main thing about it is that we were able to help her with her situation. And because we, you know, I have liquid cash to be able to help solve those problems. And it's not the first one. I've done it seven times of giving cash up front to help them survive, to get the things done they need to get done. Because that's the question. Because I sincerely mean from right now, we signed a contract until we close. What do you need? You know, that's the thing. And that makes us different, you know, from what realtors can do. You know, you don't really see when you're selling your house on the market, you don't, realtors aren't going to do that for you. That's why I do truly believe that there is a place for wholesalers, you know, or real estate investors um, that are marketing direct to seller because we can take sellers that are in the situations where a market sale just does not work for them and isn't going to solve their problem. Not at all. And, you know, we're, we're battling some stuff in the state legislature here in Oklahoma and those stories as, as well as their stories from hundreds of other deals that other partners that I have have done and a realtor couldn't give money. Like that's coercion. Like you can't do that. It's against the regulations of being a realtor. But if we didn't help her come up with and pay for that one year worth of taxes, she would have lost her home. A realtor can't do that. No. That's the thing is you guys can think creatively with deals. You can think creatively. There are ways that you, if you have the money that you can lend, you know, the seller the money and still protect your position in it. Mm -hmm. You can protect your position in it. You can file something to lien the property to ensure that you get paid back. But I've done that myself. We've done, you know, a lot of different things with tenants, sellers as well, you know, releasing funds to help them move, stuff like that you know, getting a mover out there. We've done stuff like that. Got movers out there, you know, to help them move. Helped hoarders with just, hey, leave everything so you can start fresh and clean, you know, leave everything. Whereas a realtor, you know, wouldn't really be able to do that. So there is definitely a place. And I think, you know, the amount of empathy you have, you know, for people is the reason why you're successful, Roger. I appreciate that. And I why don't you tell everybody, because you're very philanthropic. Tell everybody about your, you have an organization or you, you have something, right? Yeah, I do. So I have an organization called Outside the Box and Equipping Leaders Network. And with Equipping Leaders Network, that's also our YouTube channel. It's where I bring in people and we interview them. And it's so fun to do because you get to hear people's stories because everybody has a story that somebody's going to get a golden nugget from. And it's just that aha moment, right? So people that I know that did a hundred deals in their first year, buying them, flipping them or renting them, doesn't think that he has a story. Like, I got questions. <laughs> but I got to go to, um, I almost declared bankruptcy, almost got divorced about three years ago, just a really hard time. And I took a year off. I shut down my construction company and I just wanted to go work for a friend of mine for a year. And I really needed that year to just reset. January of 2019, he asked me, what are your goals for this year? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going overseas to go back into the mission field. I've never been a full-time missionary by any means, but I went and built churches many, many years ago. And that was my heart. I was in construction. Like I could go build stuff. 
And over the last 10 years, I've been a DJ. I've been an MC at many ceremonies. I've been, you know, uh, I can marry people. Get me in front of a microphone. I'm good. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that I'm going overseas somewhere to get back into the mission field to do what I'm called to do. A lot of people have their backyard as their mission. A lot of people have the country as a mission. And I have a heart for the international mission. So I got the opportunity to go be a guest speaker in Kenya for a conference in Nairobi. And during that time, I was adopted as the Marungu Kenyan, so the white Kenyan. <laughs> and it was fantastic. The people that I met, uh, there's a couple of pastors that I invest in right now, but the reason why I was asked to go there was to go and speak to a group of 10 young entrepreneurs. And at this point in time, I'm still mentoring them as well as helped uh, three pastors get on their feet to have a sustainable business so that they don't have to work or their wives or most of the time in different countries in Africa, the wives are the ones that take care of the finances so the pastors can pastor. So I've been able to help create uh, sustainable businesses with them because they understand their market. They know what they need to do. One has a catering company, one has a, a little storefront, and then one's a chicken farmer, but that's what they do. And then the entrepreneurs do some other things. But, but anyway, so that's what I do. I go over there, I speak, and I do leadership conferences. And I got invited back in October as well to go do a... Uh, I was a keynote speaker at Daystar University and uh, got to interview people from 15 different countries at another event in Nairobi. And I'm just able to talk. And I'm able to say, hey, these are things that I do to help. And it really made a huge impact on this another, another guy. Moses in Uganda, and he is just blown and going, working with farmers and creating a sustainable income for them. So that's what I'm about for that. Well, <laughs> Sorry, it's amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's amazing. You're very philanthropic. And it, I mean, it also shows in your real estate business, you know, how you're here to help sellers. And here at Wholesaling Inc., we really promote that. You know, we really are here to serve. So you are a perfect example of somebody, you know, that is a part of our tribe and really speaks to what we're about. So I appreciate that. We're so glad to have you today. How can people find you if they want to get a hold of you, if they have deals in Oklahoma, or if they just want, you know, more, I don't know, help with being the man, being the Roger <laughs> in every territory. How can people get a hold of you? I appreciate that. Well, you guys can find me at uh, Roger. Godwin, and it's a picture of me in a gray suit with a pink shirt on Facebook. Perfect. Uh, real men wear pink. That's right. Real men can wear pink. I also have Equipping Leaders Network and Outside the Box. Uh, Equipping Leaders Network is uh, our YouTube channel and uh, also our Facebook. I think I have Equipping Leaders Network also on Instagram. Yes. I'll send you the stuff. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll put those in the show notes. You send it to me. But Roger, we're so glad to have you. And thank you so much for the help that you you know, provided for my company. If it wasn't for you, I don't know if I would have been able to make it in Oklahoma. So I am super grateful for having met you. And you know, I hope that there could be more Rogers in every territory. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I'll, I'll be happy to help and teach about what I do and because I get to do a lot more deals than most people because it's word of mouth, one, but two, I can offer more money because I don't have the overhead that most people do. So 
it's just kind of a benefit. But thank you, Lauren, so much for having me on. And just, it's such a pleasure to see you again. Hey, students, listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. Ah, yeah. And about that, you guys, if you guys are interested in going virtual the same way I did, remember to check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. That's my coaching program. If you guys apply there, somebody on the Wholesaling Inc. team will get back to you very soon. All right, Roger. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Lauren. We'll talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.